Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Justin Herbert, he's bouncing back and he's on the love list. Go, Chargers, go! What's that? You never seen that? The no. clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Go, Chargers, go! Go, Chargers, go! I thought that was a British accent. Yeah, it was, no, it was like it was whatever Austrian, <laughs> whatever. Austrian, no, it's yeah. a bad, like you guys know that clip, right? It's a famous clip. It's a famous clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger like opening up a, at the it, Go, Chargers, go! That's better. The first one was yeah. like Go, Chargers, go! <laughs> Fine. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go Chargers, go. That was Go Chargers, go. I thought that was better than uh, Jay gave me credit for. I think he thought it was a British accent. The first one was bad. The second one, you got better. But the first one was bad. Look, in fairness to me, English is my second language. (laughs) So, you know. Go Chargers! I, I gotta now. It's now. It's all in my head. Yeah. Now yeah. I can't. Uh, I can't do it. Can we play that clip one more time? Can we? We have the clip. We have the clip. The redemption will be had. The all Go right, Chargers fine. Go clip. I'm it will be whatever. replayed. Fine. But I mean, fellas, we have to get into it right away today. Yeah. Roto World headlines because Massive. a monster trade Dude. last night. A monster trade last night. Christian McCaffrey traded to the 49ers while Thursday night football was still going on. We get hit with this. Yeah, uh, obviously a massive package like, of day two. You picks. blinked and you missed like three pick sixes or something like <laughs> yeah. that from Andy Dalton. At like, least just like whoa, CMC, and you're like what? Another one? It was just a lot going on. It, it was a lot going on, and we are going to get into. Well, let's get into the impact right away, and then we'll talk about McCaffrey short term this week. Obviously, for the Niners, who have had a ton of different faces in this backfield, now they get a franchise star that you know where the ball is going. Look, Chris McCaffrey. In terms of actionable items, there's not much. You were Every week that McCaffrey is healthy, you're starting him. But for a guy that went top two in most fantasy drafts this year, you're excited because, wow, now there's a chance he might actually become the guy you drafted him to be. Understand that so far this year, Chris McCaffrey has nine red zone touches. The Niners have 24. Yep. I, I mean, we're looking at three times boost. as many. Three times as many, and obviously when they get in close – you don't give up four draft picks to, you know, use them as a decoy. Cut to, you know, like whatever. Using them as a decoy and then they're like, <laughs> they're getting tackle eligible with Trent Williams. But, like, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that this is a team that's going to be in scoring position more often with a better offensive line, with a much more creative play caller. I mean, 
Chris McCaffrey, you can talk about this, Connor, as well. Like, from an X's and O's standpoint, is there a better fit than the run scheme that Shanahan likes to use and Chris McCaffrey's skill set? Not at all. This is this is where you'd want him to be if you handpicked a spot for him, especially the outside zone ability of this rushing team. They are a screen-heavy team getting the ball in his hands. Uh, just the amount of touches and creative touches he gets now is a gigantic boost on its own. Yeah, I think so. And look, I think that maybe his usage might not increase in San Francisco relative to Carolina, but the efficiency will go up, and more importantly, the touchdown potential goes up. So I think it's, look, we can get into the impact on every other San Francisco 49er. We will. uh, uh, But I think that for McCaffrey, his stock definitely goes up. 49ers top 10 in the NFL in yards per play, Carolina bottom three. I mean, again, just like numbers that tell you what you know from watching football. The Niners are a good offense. The Panthers are awful. Just CMC getting out of there and going there, I think, not only raises his fantasy stock, but the fantasy stock of the entire team, especially, I think Jimmy Garoppolo suddenly becomes really interesting here. He's had back-to-back games of 18 or more fantasy points now, and you think about a quarterback, whoever that is, a quarterback that gets to play behind that offensive line and has Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Chris McCaffrey to throw to with a pretty good play caller and Kyle Shanahan, you know, like, you know, maybe not when you get down to two minutes left in the game, but, like, whatever. Like, I mean, honestly, uh, this is very exciting. I think Garoppolo, who already made my love list this week as a bi-week streamer, we're now getting into the heart of fantasy football season where every week there's going to be buys. And so I think Garoppolo very much on the streaming quarterback radar. If you're in a 14-team league, you're in a two-quarterback league, super flex league, anything deeper than that. Garoppolo's probably already rostered, but I think he, he's a must-roster in any format like that. And I think he's a viable mid-tier QB2 the rest of the way. Before we talk about the rest of the roster and the impact that McCaffrey will have, let's take a look at this week and maybe temper some expectations. As Kyle Shanahan uh, had a quote on KNBR this morning, he said, I'm still up in the air whether we're going to be able to get him here for Sunday or not. I know for sure he'll be here the following Sunday, but that's kind of why I'm in wait-and-see approach for now. So you might have to, if you have Christian McCaffrey on your roster, you're going to have to follow this very closely this week. But the most important thing is how this impacts the 49ers offense long-term and going forward. Yeah, and in terms of the way this has shifted their Super Bowl odds, they moved from plus 1,800 to plus 1,400. To That's crazy, right? That's a little excessive. Yeah, I don't think Christian McCaffrey moves the needle that much. And the reason is is that they already have Debo Samuel, who's maybe the closest approximation of McCaffrey outside of the running backs like Kamara, Eckler, right. Saquon. They were running the ball effectively. Yes. Like, Jeff Wilson Jr.'s had some nice games. Like, Debo's getting his. Like, it's not like – like, he's a good player, yeah. and he's better than what they've had. But, right. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden – Here's a team that had no run game. Like they've oh, that's the thing about Shanahan, and that's what's so exciting about CMC in this in this offense is that whoever it is, like hey you random Tevin Coleman, the ghost of Tevin Coleman yeah. scores two touchdowns the last two, you know a couple weeks ago. Like it, whoever's the starting running back for Kyle Shanahan has fantasy value, and now you get one of the best in the NFL from a pure skill standpoint and put him into that system. Very exciting. But, yes, they were running the ball already effectively. There, there is a case to be made that Christian McCaffrey affects the line more than any other running back in the league just because of what he offers in the pass game as well. Like Christian McCaffrey, in terms of how sure. bookmakers set odds, he moves the line more than Jonathan Taylor because Jonathan Taylor, despite being a better runner, isn't as valuable as a receiver. But still, McCaffrey's worth a point 
to the line, particularly in San Francisco, and the line moved from Niners plus two and a half against KC to plus two after the trade. Uh, But Carolina, that line against Tampa Bay went out from ten and a half to thirteen. So while we're sitting here so excited about Christian McCaffrey, for those rostering Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell, getting production from Jeff Wilson all year, what does this mean for them now? Um, uh, Welcome to Dumpsville. Populate for you. (laughs) Look. Chris McCaffrey has a history of being injured, obviously, and so we know the starting running back of the 49ers has value. So Jeff Wilson now, Elijah Mitchell when he comes back, like those are the guys you're going to want to roster as insurance for Christian McCaffrey. But, yes, if you've been rolling out Jeff Wilson Jr. because he's been getting like 18 or so touches the last couple of weeks, yes, you just lost a starting running back. And if you've been holding on to Elijah Mitchell saying like, hey, you know, and i got a couple more weeks and then I'm getting a starting running back back, no, you're not. You're getting an insurance back back and so depending on sort of your roster situation I don't have a problem dropping either guy after this I mean Mitchell's already on your IR spot but Wilson will get the the bulk of the work against the Chiefs this week regardless of McCaffrey we'll talk about him in one more second but um, he already made the hate list I'm outside the top 20 this isn't a great matchup against the Chiefs Kansas City over the last four weeks uh, the Chiefs here are um, are the third best running defense in the NFL and so I don't know like Wilson's like a high-end flex this week for you, and then, and then fairly useless, I think, fairly unless terrible. there's a unless there's an injury to McCaffrey, and then when Mitchell comes back, Wilson's even more useless. Is it uh, time to trade Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk? See what we can get for them, because I don't necessarily think this is the best for them. Just introducing another high usage guy into the offense, maybe at their expense. I don't think so. Uh, for me, I mean, you guys tell me if you disagree here, but Debo Samuel—they've already—they were already starting to limit his rushing. The first two weeks, he had 12 rushing attempts. Weeks three through six, three, four, five, six—so four different games, twice as many games. And he has 11 total rushing attempts. So already they were, they, they've been you know, easing him out of, of the running game, and they're going to continue to do that McCaffrey. Having said that, weeks three through six, even though he's averaging only, uh, whatever, you know, uh, three carries a game, yeah. he was still really, really productive. So with McCaffrey there, instead of three carries a game, does he get one? You know, whatever. Like, you know, do they do a sweep with him or something? Um, He's still going to be a wide receiver one. I don't know that I'm necessarily trying to trade him. And I think whatever small usage that comes down for uh, Debo and Ayuk, like, I think makes up for the fact that this is even a more dynamic offense and they're going to be in scoring position more offense. So I think there's not a huge uh, move in terms of fantasy value for those guys. I think sometimes because of Debo's rushing production last year, we forget how good he is as a standalone wide receiver. He's ridiculous. When he's featured as a true wide receiver target-wise, he produces week in and week out. And maybe this even opens things up for a little bit as well. And I wonder, like, this is just a thought that's sort of occurring to me, but I wonder if the Niners saw what Mike McDaniel's doing in Miami, their former guy, and just seeing like just how creative that offense has been with all that speed and versatility between Waddle and Hill and Mostert and yep. Chase Edmonds on some level, and even Mike Kosicki's now getting into the, into the mix. And I wonder if they thought, hey, you know what? Between our guy, if we add McCaffrey to the guys we already have, we could do a version of that. Like, so, I, I don't know. I think um, if I'm a Niners fan, I'm pretty excited this morning. I think so. And I think it's, it's good news, like, getting away from fantasy just in terms of the Niners and their outlook. Debo Samuel is better as a wide receiver. He adds more value there. Like, there's a reason why Sean McVay isn't running Cooper Cup between the tackles. Like, he's more valuable as a wide receiver. We'll talk more start-sit with this 49ers roster later. But I, yeah. I do want to the touch on the The one last thing I just want to say here. on CMC is I think, look, if he's active, uh, you're starting him. Yep. 
I think it's highly unlikely that he's active. He's not going to practice today. Like, he's not going to get to the team today to practice with the Niners. So now you're asking him to – he hasn't necessarily even cleared his, cleared his medical, right? I mean, like, there's a lot that has to happen for him to be active, and it's a 4 o'clock game against the Chiefs. So it's one of those things that, like, we'll talk more about this on Fantasy Football pregame Sunday morning, Jay, you and I and Michael. But I just sort of make all your moves as if you won't have CMC this week. Yep. Yeah, it would be a pretty limited package of plays at best if at he's best. At, at best. It's going to be like, all right, like just hit the A-gap, dude. You know what I mean? Like that's what it is. We're going to snap it on three and hit the A-gap. Like, I mean, honestly, like, seriously, like he's yeah. not going to have time to learn one play. So we take all of that excitement about the new-look 49ers offense, yeah, sure. and now we have to look at the other side of things. The team that is favored, I think, by about 50% right now to have the number one overall pick in the draft, the Carolina Panthers. Is there anything to salvage from what's left of this backfield? We saw Chuba Hubbard fill in last year, and while maybe he wasn't totally efficient with his touches, he did get a workload. Is there anything to take away from this backfield right now? In this extent, like all of a sudden, like two guys that were getting no run at all are suddenly going to get run. And in fantasy football and running back starved fantasy football, um, that means they have value, right? There, like these guys are now starting running backs for an NFL team, and so there is a, um, uh, you know, there is a little bit of value there, but not a ton. This is going to be one of the worst offenses, of, if not the worst It'll offense. Be the worst. It'll be the worst. Yeah, I mean, I like in the, in the NFL. My commanders might have a say. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, my commanders actually have a decent offense. The defense is uh, another thing, but whatever. Right, the Carolina Panthers are going to be like one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL, and one of, the, one of if not the worst offense in the NFL. So you've got an offense that's going to struggle to move the ball, that's not going to be in scoring position very often, um, uh, and, so, and it's going to be a bit of a committee. Uh, you know, the My Fantasy Life app literally just sent an alert. This is a tweet from Joe Person, who covers the team very well. Steve Wilkes, running back will be a committee approach, and then the Panthers will ride the hot hand. In situations like this, where you, it's sort of a little bit of a toss-up, I just personally go with the more talented running back, and in that case, I think it's Deontay Foreman. I thought he looked pretty good last year filling in for Derrick Henry. There's a reason the Panthers brought him in during free agency this past year. Chuba Hubbard, to your point uh, last year, guys, 15.8 touches last year. He had 10 starts last year. He got almost 16 touches a game and averaged under 11 fantasy points per game. So certainly not. he got a workload, but he wasn't efficient at all. And just, I, I don't know, in situations like this, I just go with a more talented player, and I think, to the eye test, Deontay Foreman's the better running back. But neither guy is anything more than a hope-for-a-touchdown flex. Yep, I agree with that. I think that you still want to pick up Trooper Hubbard if you can put him on your bench. Just sure. because he did have – he had two games last year with 24 carries. Yeah. So there is some scope, so just why not? Right, and listen, and the pro-Hubbard argument is that they're going to be down and trailing a lot, and maybe he's the better – like, I think Foreman's a better pass catcher than he gets credit for, yep. but, like, Hubbard might be considered more of the third down back and maybe the better PPR play. But, again, don't love either of the guys. And they're playing Tampa Bay this week. Like, you're, unless you're truly, truly desperate, you're not starting either guy against the Buccaneers. 13-point dogs at home, the Carolina right. Panthers. Right, and probably should be more. Yeah, that's going to get two touchdowns. Keeping the trade theme going, out of nowhere, Elijah Moore requests a trade. Jets on a three-game winning streak. Elijah Moore uh, takes the, gets the personal day from the coaching yeah. staff, ultimately ends the day with requesting a trade from the New York Jets, and we heard from Robert Sala this morning on the status of Elijah Moore going forward. Um, yeah, it's uh, part, part of what we deal with every day. Um, you know, we've, we've had our discussions with Elijah. Um, trading him is not an option, and uh, we'll just continue working with him. Uh, Elijah will not play this week. Um, 
He's uh, he is in the building. He is he is uh, excused from meetings, but he's going through a workout and regen regimen over the next three days, and he'll rejoin the team on Monday. No, it's a uh, it's more it's a, in my view whether we agree or not, it doesn't matter. Just to to ask him to play a football game uh, with where he is from a from a mental standpoint wouldn't be fair to him, in my opinion. Um, but that's strictly my decision. A rough season gets even worse for Elijah Moore, and even more so in the fantasy world. Yeah. What if you drafted Elijah for my Moore jets, right. for your Jets? My beloved Jets. On this I was going to say that yeah. is Elijah Moore is really trying the to three hurt of us. the vibes. Right, exactly. New York big jets. big I'm jets, jets desk. New York Jets. Big Jets desk. Yeah. Right. What are you doing with Elijah Moore right now if he's rostered on your team? I think you're, you're obviously you're benching him. He ain't going to play. Well, he's definitely not crazy, starting. Right? But is exactly. he in drops? Is he in Dumpsville yet? Not yet. Only because, like, I know they say they don't want to trade him, but. Just, like, again, he's in the building, but he's not going to participate in any activities. Like, they're like, I mean, like, some, you know, some clubhouse cancer vibes going on sure. there. Having said all that, by the way, I am Team Elijah here. I think yeah. he is right. Like, he's a, he's a second-round pick who was really productive last year, and he can't get a freaking target. Like, I think he is absolutely right to bitch on this one. Um, so, ha- so I'm Team Elijah, but having said that, there's clearly bad blood there. And, and so they may feel like, hey, we've got Garrett Wilson. We've still got Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. Like, we may feel like we can get something because there's a number of teams out there, as we've talked about, guys, before the show – Kansas City, Green Bay, uh, the Rams that have good quarterbacks and need some help at wide receiver. The trade deadline is November 1st, Jay. We talked about this before the show. And so I'm hanging on to Elijah Moore to see if he can sort of force his way out of New York, which is clearly what he wants. Yeah. Or what if he just forces his way to the other team in New York who needs a wide receiver and is 5-1? and Like, I think there's a lot of places, more than usual, where he could go and really put up a lot of fantasy value. Like, as you mentioned, he could be the number one wide receiver for Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, not Matthew Stafford, but number two there. So that's all in play. So I think you're just going to hold on to him for a couple weeks. Maybe the Bills. The Bills are all in there. They're trying to get OBJ, but maybe not. They lost Jamison Crowder for the season. Like, you know, Elijah Moore would look pretty good uh, catching passes from Josh Allen. So I just, all I'm saying is, is like, you're holding on to him until the trade deadline, see if he can get out. And then if he doesn't get dealt, assuming you're in a redraft league, I'm dropping him. Otherwise, in a keeper league, then obviously I think you're sticking to him. He's a super talented kid. Super talented kid. The production just hasn't been there, and I don't think it's entirely his fault. He needs to play in the slot. It's as simple as that. You know it's a crazy Friday in the NFL when it takes us this long to get to Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football where there were points scored, guys. Dude. But probably the least entertaining 32 game ever. Just a I mean, weird, like just weird game. Just it entirely turned on the two, the two back-to-back pick sixes, correct. which is absurd. And that, that just tanked the whole game. Like really. in what, 65 seconds we had yeah. picks, two pick sixes? I mean, right, but it was like for the longest time it was the most useless. I mean, there were a ton of points yeah. scored, but they were all useless. Like the Arizona defense scores two pick sixes. So some people started, but it wasn't like a hundred, it wasn't across the board, right? Um, Shahid scores the first touchdown. Um, Keontae Ingram gets a touch, a rushing touchdown. You're like, I, right, the, the human Dorch, who we've like, <laughs> Rondell Moore was right there. Yeah. Like, DeAndre Hopkins, who you targeted on every other play, you couldn't get him because yeah. you know how many of us had any time touchdown for DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, no, well. Kyler Murray, you couldn't. Like, what are we doing? There's, there wasn't even a new Call of Duty this weekend. Like, come on, like, help a brother out. That's all I'm asking. Could you get Nuke something in the end zone? Um, so it was. Uh, it was tough there. But um, let's go through this uh, real quickly. Uh, even though some super annoying 
uh, touchdowns scored in terms of for our degenerate fantasy needs. The fact of the matter is, is DeAndre Hopkins has been back with the team for literally two days. Like, he wasn't allowed to practice with the no. team until Monday. It's a Thursday night game. And right where he left off, just actually not even right where he left off, because where he left off was the targets were down, but the touchdowns were there. And this time, guys, the targets were there early yeah. and often. It looked a little bit like DeAndre Hopkins out there. Yeah, right. 14 targets. He didn't get the 90 yards last year. He had 103 last night. Wow. Kyle Myers is looking his way every single time. So, I mean, you're projecting him basically in the Marquise Brown role going forward. And Marquise Brown was producing like a top 10 wide receiver. 50% target share. Yeah. A 50, I mean, is like just lot? stupid. 50% target share. Really going to be interesting to see what happens with this offense once Hollywood Brown comes back. And they also have him and Rondell Moore, who played a ton of snaps. We'll get to Rondell in one second. But anyway, if you've had DeAndre Hopkins, there's not much to take away with other than DeAndre Hopkins locked in top 12 wide receiver the rest, rest yeah, of the way this here. this long. Right? Yeah, you, you went this You sat out the suspension. Exactly. So you're, you're loving life here. Eno Benjamin gets vultured once by Ingram, guys. Almost got vultured again. Knee was down at the one-yard line on the replay there. Ultimately does get in late yeah. in the game. All about Eno. I yeah. thought Eno looked good to the eye test. I think he looked better than James Conner has looked. I think there's a real chance that that could be his job going forward. So obviously you're holding on to Eno Benjamin. And uh, even if Conner is healthy, I think you probably start Eno Benjamin. On the downside of this game... Rondell Moore, not much going there. Classic, Actually, not classic Rondell Moore. The fact that his one catch was 31 yards usually has five catches for 22 yards. Yes. So with Rondell Moore right now, I mean, is this a situation where Hopkins' target share is so commanding that it's going to hurt Rondell Moore? I'm willing to throw out this entire game, honestly. No, seriously, in, in this sense. Like, this game hurt you. No, really look, hurt. I mean, no, no player on the, uh, on the Cardinals ran more routes last night than Rondell Moore. He only got two targets. So it was just kind of a weird game. Again, Jay's absolutely right. Those two pick sixes, both within, within two minutes of each other, completely skewed the game. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Cardinals have 14 points, and their offense hasn't had to do a thing. Yep. And so I think that, and it's on a short week, and it's the first week that Hopkins is back. Let's see what happens next week when they've had 10 days to prepare for the Vikings and to work Hopkins in. I think it was just a little bit of like, hey, primetime game. They want to they wanna mention bring Hopkins back. Real quickly on your Eno Benjamin point, I could see a scenario where he's basically Chase Edmonds from last year. Sure. Like we thought coming to the season it was going to be all James Conner. And I think Benjamin has played well enough. You know, with like at least 16 touches now in a couple of straight games, he's looked good. He's 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 caught the ball well. He's run hard between the tackles as well. Uh, I think he's carved out, if nothing else, the Chase Edmonds role from last year, along with James Conner. Quiet game for Zach Ertz. Whatever. What are you going to do? It's, you know, again, I'm throwing this game out from the Cardinals' point of view. On the flip side, we talked about the problems that the Saints' offense had. Pretty simple. Andy Dalton pick six times two, but Jay. Chris Olave, 14 targets, 7 catches, over 100 yards. He is continuously the guy in the rookie of the year race out of the wide receivers so far. Yeah, definitely. He's separated himself from guys like Garrett Wilson, George Pickens, those Dubs, types. He's, yeah. I think he's the only wide receiver now that can win, honestly. Okay. Like, I think it's the three running backs, Hall, Pierce, Walker, and then Olave. But, I mean, yeah, 14 targets. He's shown that he has a rapport with both Dalton and Winston. Different types of of reports like Winston gave him the highest average depth of target in the league and Dalton it's more the short stuff but 14 targets I mean Michael Thomas will come back Jarvis Landry will come back that might go down and to Matthew's point like this is an unusual situation where Andy Dalton threw the ball 47 times but I mean Chris Olave is just an automatic start every week right 
47 times 44 of them to the Saints. Yeah, so, you know. Mm, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, but anyway, Alave is a, you know, is a locked-in starter going forward. You like him, his schedule, by the way, coming up. Home to Vegas, home to the Ravens, at Pittsburgh. Next three are all secondaries you can throw on quite a bit. Why won't the Saints let Alvin Kamara score a touchdown? Why do the Saints hate Alvin Kamara? With a fiery passion. They gave him a couple touches in the red zone. but uh, yeah, Right up the middle. I know. Like you have one of the most athletic, you know, great running backs in space. And what do you do? You make sure he's nowhere near space. No. You're like, we're going to run you right up the middle. Oh, oh we've got a pass? We're gonna, let's throw Mark, Mark, Mark Ingram. My man Mark Ingram. Like, yeah. I mean, I was sweating this. So we had the over on four and a half receptions for Alvin Kamara, and it wasn't looking like he was going to get there. <laughs> then he had one drive where he caught three, yeah. and then ultimately he winds up getting the over, and that cashes. But, like, for three and a half quarters of that game, it looked like, what is going on? I know, but at the same time, like, Alvin Kamara's back. Like, he looks yes. like Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Part two weeks prior to last night, 23 carries, 19 carries. He gets he was on track for the same before the game just blew up because of Dalton. But still, he gets the seven receptions. Like, he is back. He's going to be a top five to seven running back going forward. I think no question. I will say this, by the way. He's the only running back in the NFL with over 100 touches and zero touchdowns. <laughs> Wait, but by the way, the positive regression. Exactly. Yeah, positive come. regression is coming. I actually think Alvin Kamara, weirdly, is a buy low. Even though, right, he, he put up 17.5 fantasy points. Yep. Most managers are probably really happy with that. But if you can find a frustrated manager of Alvin Kamara, I actually think uh, he will be better than he has been so far. And, you know, whatever. Taysom Hill. Another Taysom Hill game. Doesn't play a ton of snaps, gets in the end zone. Kamara, most touches in the NFL without a touchdown this season. That feels a bit fluky. I think that trend will turn in the right direction. But- uh, Jawan Johnson, by the way, is pretty interesting. He scored the two touchdowns here. We talked about him as a tight end streamer on the show it's yesterday the as well. We liked him. We liked the over on his reception, on uh, the reception props as well. When Adam Trotman comes back, let's see what the usage is. But Jawan Johnson is a talent that they like a lot there. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You, you definitely watch it. Um, I mean, that is the last time we play these guys, you know, in a real game. and So I think there's some merit to it, but uh, it, was, it was a pretty long time ago, too, so you got you to gotta be careful with that. Once you're watching the film, though, I mean, the emotions hit right away, but once you kind of get into it and you're kind of thinking about the game plan, the emotions kind of just fade away a little bit. So there's uh, obviously deep down it's still there, but you just got to move on. It's a different type of motivation. I think uh, I mean, that motivation comes and goes, those feelings come and go, and this season is this season now, so it's just a little different. 
That was Jimmy Garoppolo on facing the Chiefs this week, saying it's just a little different. We know the 49ers have a shiny new toy on the way, but that might not matter this week. So let's talk about what's on tap. A couple sit and start looks. Yeah. Let's start right there with the what's 49ers. What's on tap? It's a Friday in a bar. Thank TJF, baby. TJF. Right. We're served by Applebee's. It's it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's get glug, back. Glug. To, let's get back to this point. Glug, glug. Glug, glug. <laughs> this 49ers glug, glug, offense. Glug. Who can glug you? Charges go. <laughs> yeah. There we that you had glug, it that time. Charges glug. We'll just give it another round. round That's a high ceiling low basement. Your impression. Very fair. We talked a lot about Debo Samuel, yes. but what about his counterpart in Brandon Ayuk here, Barry? I know he comes in as wide receiver twenty-one for you this week. Yeah, I mean, look, there is a connection between him and Jimmy Garoppolo. Eight catches on 11 targets, 83 yards, obviously, the two touchdowns last week. You're not expecting that. But he's playing 91% of the snaps, which I think is key. And then you think about how this game plays out. It's really hard to run on the Kansas City Chiefs, as we talked about earlier. KC, so far this year, third against the run over the last four weeks, but 29th against the pass. They are also favorites in this game. The Chiefs are. And so, in theory... 49ers should be down. They will struggle to run the ball. They're going to be throwing quite a bit against Kansas City. A lot of attention, rightfully so, on Debo Samuel. I kind of like De- uh, Brandon Ayuk as a high-end wide receiver three in this game. Yeah, the total's 49. Like, that's that's a lot of points. That's a really high total for 2022. And so I just think Brandon Ayuk, he's clearly the favorite red zone target for Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I think that particularly with Trent Williams back, better protection for Garoppolo, should be able to find Ayuk. Well, the status is up in the air for CMC. Jeff Wilson. Obviously still in the fold here. You have him as RB21 this week, Barry. Are you starting Jeff Wilson? And is this maybe the last time you're starting Jeff Wilson? It's definitely the last time unless there's an injury to Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell isn't back. That said, he made the hate list. You may not have a better option. We've got four teams on a bye. There's other running backs that are banged up. So you may have to start him. I would just lower expectations. First off, he's not playing as much, right? Each of the last four weeks, his snap rate has declined from 73 to 66 to 58 to just 52% of the snaps last week for the Niners. We talked about how good this Kansas City rushing defense is. And teams facing the Chiefs, averaging the second fewest running back carries per game, which is a stat which just lets you know, hey, you get down to the Chiefs, you got to abandon the run, you got to start throwing as well. In the two games in which the Niners have lost this year, right? And again, as we talked about, Kansas City is favored. In the two games they've lost, Jeff Wilson has just 19 combined carries in the two San Francisco losses this year. So, I mean, he's averaging, you know, single-digit carries, you know, basically 10 carries a game in losses, nine and a half, you know, like depending on how you want to do that math. But, you know what I mean? Like, it just, I don't know, like, I'm, you're hoping he falls into the end zone if you start him. I have him as a low-end running back to just outside my top 20. All right, let's look across the way at the Chiefs. Um, obviously, Mahomes and Kelsey, we don't need to get into that, Jay. They're starting every single week. But Juju Smith-Schuster, it's been a roller coaster for Juju this year in terms of fantasy production. It has and been. And mostly down. Yeah. Mostly, mostly just the decline. Mostly down. He was up last week, but I don't think that was sustainable because he only had five targets. He just hauled them all in and went 100-plus. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think that Juju Smith-Schuster is a very reliable fantasy option. At the same time, you're probably starting him just because he is still the number one wideout on Kansas City in a game they're favored, and the total is 49. So I think you can do worse in your flex spot than Juju Smith-Schuster, but you don't 
feel great about it. Yeah, wide receiver 25 for me. I am right exactly kind of as a mid-tier wide receiver three. Yeah. We haven't looked at the rundown yet for Sunday's show, but yeah. I bet you anything, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster will be featured on Beer Goggles, yes. which is a segment we do on Sunday morning, which is about how drunk do you have to be to start this guy. <laughs> That's the premise. Of the he's se- always I love guy. that. That's Juju, the premise I of that. I love that. Juju's always tipsy. Yeah. You're going to be a little tipsy. Oh, a little you tipsy he's Juju. at least two beers. Yes. At least three beers yeah. where you're just like, oh. Sure, I'll start Juju. <laughs> Whatever. Go, Juju, go. So where is Clyde edwards Lair then on the drunk goggles status at this point? I, I would imagine uh, we're talking at least a six-pack plus. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, th- three beers and a shot, I yeah. think, for me. Running back 31 for me. Over the last two weeks, he's been running back 52. Like, he literally has not been a top 50 running back over the past two weeks. It's not a good matchup with the Niners, who are really good against the run. They allow the second-fewest rushing yards per game to opposing running backs so far this year. He's had one game with more than nine rush attempts this entire game. Of course, again, it was the one game that I, 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 took, the, uh, I took the under on his rushing attempts. Uh, but, look, the only running back to have more than 60 scrimmage yards against the 49ers this year is their new running back, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> All due respect, Clyde edwards Lair is not Christian McCaffrey. He's outside my top 30 here in week number seven. Jay, the Raiders coming out of the bye week. Derek Carr has not been what a lot of people expected in fantasy. Is he still a startable option? I think he is. I mean, it's been underwhelming, but at the same time, his only really bad game was against the Broncos, who might have a top three defense, defense in football, yeah. dealing with Pat Sertan. Uh, and look, Points per game in terms of fantasy, he's still been 12th, Derek Carr. So I think that there is a lot of production there. He's going to have Devontae Adams this week. Uh, whatever's going to happen to Devontae, that's not going to come down this week. So I do think that Carr is still very startable. But what do you think about uh, Hunter Renfro, Matthew, who uh, well, with Darren Waller's status in question? Yeah, I mean, let's see if he plays, right? I mean, he showed up on the injury report as well. So it might be another Devontae Adams and Mac Collins game. In, in this one as well. And so uh, Hollins, you know, who's played 95% of the snaps in three straight games, you know, and has had, had some really nice moments in there, I think he becomes interesting. My concern on Hunter Renfro, I am outside my top 40. Again, if he plays and he may, if, if he's active, he may not be 100% healthy. So you're nervous about that, right? He hasn't, uh, he hasn't had more than 60 yards or a touchdown this year. He's only played in three games. Health has been a real issue for him as well. And so, you know, listen, the, the, the Texans have kind of been plucky on defense. And we'll see, Waller showed up on the injury report as well. So both guys sort of trending hasn't in the wrong direction. Hasn't practiced this week, right, to your point. So I'd feel better about Renfro if Waller doesn't play. But still feels like this offense is Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Like, just two guys that are going to get massive touches. Both guys, I mean, you know, whatever. I have Adams as a top three wide receiver. Jacobs makes the love list this week. Barry, on the Texan side of things, obviously you're starting Damian Pierce every week. But an offense that's lacked pass production, are you still rolling with Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I think so. I, I have him at wide receiver 21. It, it's one of those things that you start – like, you start sitting there going, okay, no Hollywood Brown due to injury, and then, oh, by the way, no Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen or A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith or Cooper Cup or Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis, and you're just like, oh, but, you know, whatever. And maybe no Hunter Renfro. I mean, like, it just you start, like, you know, it just um, just lots and lots of guys are, are beat up here. So he comes in at 21 for me. If there's some positives to sort of hang your hat on, he's top 20 in the NFL in terms of team target share and route participation. He's getting almost 26% of a target share it's been inconsistent but we expect this game to be a little bit I mean I think I I think it's 45 and a half is the over under so which is 
a little bit of a shootout these days, given yep. the depressed scoring. Yep. Um, uh, and we expect them to be trailing, obviously, because they are underdogs to the Las Vegas Raiders by almost a touchdown. So, yes, Brandon Cooks, I'm in on him as a top 20 play this week. Jay, Jacksonville comes in as favorites against the 5-1 and one New York Giants, yeah. as rough as the last three games have been for them. Feels like we started to see Travis Etienne take over this backfield last week. Definitely. I think he's just better than James Robinson. He's coming, getting more time off of the injuries, more explosive, more yards per contact, per attempt. But look at the last three games. Travis Etienne now starting to out-carry James Robinson 28-20. to 20, Also gets more work in the receiving game and thus almost doubling his fantasy points. So I do think Travis Etienne is the guy that you want. I think this is a good matchup against the Giants. Like you mentioned, kind of three-point favorites. Home field advantage these days in the NFL is worth one and a half to two points. So the market is saying that uh, the Jags are just better than the Giants, despite the two and four, v five and one. But Matthew, what do you think about Christian Kirk? Yeah, I like Christian Kirk. By the way, real quickly off the running backs, Giants' fourth worst run defense over the past yeah. month as well. So ETN should eat. Uh, look, I like Christian Kirk. He's my wide receiver 22 this week. He's 10th in uh, snaps from the slot. He's uh, top 12 in the NFL in, in red zone targets. Uh, he scored last week. I know it's been a little bit – after a hot start, it's been a little bit slow. But, again, I like the matchup against the Giants here. I think they'll be able to move the ball. Uh, so, yes, give me Christian Kirk this week. Real quick, Trevor Lawrence going up against Wink Martindale's defense. Tons of exotic blitzes with this defense. But Lawrence has at least two touchdowns in four of his last five games. Where is he at for you right now? Yeah, QB 13. Okay. Like the mobility is nice. Like he had a rushing touchdown last week as well. He's actually top 10 in the NFL in terms of red zone attempts. When they get in close, they're actually throwing more than I think you might expect a Doug Peterson offense to do. And so given the fact that the Giants offense is functional here, I don't expect Jacksonville to blow them out. So Lawrence should be able to, uh, you know, move move the ball uh, quite a bit. Like uh, I think he's a he's a higher end QB too. So I, yes, that's where I am on uh, Christian Kirk. Okay. I have Trevor Lawrence at QB thirteen this week. So depends on what else you have. We're going to take a break. When we're back, Roto World's Pat Corain joins us for this week's edition of Fantasy Rich, Fantasy Poor. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NFL season is here, and the NBC Sports Predictor app is giving you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering Sunday Night 7s. $100,000 Sunday Night 7s free contest between the Steelers and the Dolphins. 
So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. $550,000 handed out so far. 25,000 winners. All right, time to talk a little fantasy rich, fantasy poor. Pat Corain from Roto World joins us for this. Essentially, guys, we're laying out the matchups where you can see a bump from some players, and we're laying out some matchups where it's a wasteland. You want to Pat Corain writes this article, which is, it's the walkthrough, the walkthrough right? Yeah. It's called the walkthrough, and it's it's on RotoWorld.com. It's great. It's it's comprehensive. It's a lot more work than either you or I would ever do. Um, so he really <laughs> he he just he full on nerds out. And it's amazing. So, it's true. Uh, so Pat, as you've looked at the the week seven landscape. Give us a, a game that you think is fantasy rich that we should be targeting. Sure, yeah. So I think the Dolphins and the Steelers is a good one. We get Tua Tagovailoa back this week. That should be a big boost for the Dolphins' offense. He ranks second in EPA per play, which measures efficiency. He ranks fourth in quarterback accuracy. So he's not going to be quite as good as he's been to start, but still a huge boost for the offense. The question here is can the Dolphins protect Tua? Right? They've had injuries to their starting quarterback now for four straight games. So if they can protect him then he has a chance to pick apart this defense that has been uh, quite vulnerable in terms of success rate. If you look at the Steelers in terms of their ability to get to the passer, even though Tom Brady had a little bit of a tirade last week on the sidelines, they only ranked 27th in pressure rate against the Buccaneers last week, the Steelers. They were 24th in quick pressure rate. So this is not particularly strong pass rush. They're 25th in pass rush uh, grade for the season, 26th in the quick pressure rate. Tua should be able to be protected, which means we can have some quick hitting passes, yards after the catch, perfect for this offense. On the Steelers' side, Kenny Pickett has been much more efficient than Mitch Trubisky. He ranks third in completion percentage over expected with Trubisky at 27th, giving this game more shootout potential. Barry, when you hear all of that, we, we know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle I just, I did, I, by the way, I By the way, I, I just like that. You know what's a fun stat is, is quick pressure rate. Like, you know, like, if you ask my wife, I'm like a league leader in quick pressure rate. I just <laughs> want right? you to know. You have no idea. 100%. Yeah, 1,000%. Yeah, right. really, really quick off the line. Um, anyway, what I would tell you here is that um, when I hear a stat like that, when I hear all the, the positive uh, stats around the game script and the game flow of this game that is on Sunday night right here on NBC and Peacock, I'm a company man. I like Raheem Mostert in this one. I'm as a top 20 play, 47 of the team's 68 rush attempts over the last three games have gone to Raheem the Dream, to Raheem must start here. Uh, I'm not really worried about the, the Steelers here. They should be in scoring position early and often as well. Uh, Pat mentions the issues with the offensive line, but what's nice about Mostert is he's a better pass catcher than I think he gets credit for. They use him in that way. Steelers over the last four weeks are uh, uh, you know in the bottom half of the league in terms of rush defense. I like Raheem Mostert in a game in which we expect the Dolphins to be leading to be a top 20 play. Pat, when you look at the Steelers' side of things, we know the Miami defense has not come close to living up to ex- expectations this year. They've dealt with injuries, and they've dealt with just underperforming but Naj- you could say the same thing for Najee Harris yes, so far. It's been a total disappointment for Najee Harris. Is there any promise of him getting a bump finally in this matchup? Game environment can only do so much. And Najee Harris ranks dead last in rush yards over expected per attempt. He ranks dead last in running success rate via uh, NFL Next Gen. So that's tough. He's also not been good as a pass catcher. He ranks really low in yards per route run. I think, sure, you can bet on this game to shoot out, bet for a touchdown. But I'm still considering benching him in the flex in several leagues. He's had zero touchdowns in his last four games. He's had one game 
one game this year where he's played more than 75% of the offensive snaps. We have run out of time, unfortunately. We can do 10 more minutes of just nothing but negative <laughs> Najee Harris stats. I will give you one last one, though. I, I did my love-hate column, which is up for now, up now on uh, rotoworld.com and NBCSportsEdge.com, totally free. Um, you, when, after you're done reading the walkthrough with uh, Pat Crane, check out my love-hate. And I do a bunch of blind resumes where I just – and one of the ones I have is two players in terms of their rushing totals. And when you reveal who it is, it's Najee Harris and Daniel Jones. Like, that's what he is. Like, he's got the same amount of rushing Ooh. yards as Daniel Jones does. That's what we're talking about with Najee Harris. Close out the book on this game. Chase Claypool or George Pickens, or neither? Yeah, I'm going to go with George Pickens uh, because the expectation here is that Pat Fryermuth is back. And so I think mm-hmm. a lot of Claypool's uh, production has come with Fryermuth out of the game here. So Pickens, who's seen at least six targets in four straight games and played 75% or more of the offensive snaps in four of six, in a game that has a little bit of a shootout environment, as Pat said, Dolphins 29th in scoring defense since week three. Give me George Pickens as kind of an upside wide receiver four. He comes in as wide receiver 34 for me. And just I'm go- picking up Pickens. Picking up Pickens. See what I did there? I, I absolutely did. Yeah. Just Master com- of wordplay over here. <laughs> just to confirm, I think Fryermuth has been cleared while we've been doing this show. Mm-hmm. So uh, he'll be good to go. Let's move on to another fantasy-rich game here, Pat. Seahawks-Chargers over-under set at 50.5. Seahawks defense has kind of been a feast for whatever yep. opposition they play. What do you see in this one? Go, Chargers, go. <laughs> are you familiar with that clip three. at least? I am now that I saw your head right, on uh, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. The, uh, I think the Seahawks defense really key here because Justin Herbert hasn't been Justin Herbert this year. He's not attempting throws downfield. And I don't mean that he's not attempting deep throws. He's also not attempting intermediate throws. Only Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz have a lower rate of intermediate throws this you know, year, Rodgers in that conversation is insane. Right. I, I know the the issue. One, he doesn't he hasn't had Keenan Allen. By the way, I'm just excited Carson Wentz got mentioned in any sentence with <laughs> Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers. Like you know, like before the season, like hey, there's going to be a stat where Carson Wentz competes pretty well with Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert. I've been like, I'm in. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know. I don't know what the why, stat is. Why I'm are in. We four and two. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, the they're interme- not throwing downfield. Herbert's not throwing downfield, and we don't want him. We don't want him to look like Carson Wentz. I'm very sorry, Matthew, about yeah, that. But, but Carson Wentz has got something around his head. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but you know, Keenan Allen should help. Expected to be back. The other thing is pressure. The Seahawks don't generate pressure. The Chargers have really struggled to protect. This defense is super vulnerable in the back end. They're 30th in PFF's coverage grades. They rank 30th in passing efficiency allowed. So if the Chargers can protect against a defense that only ranks 24th in PFS pass rush grades. We could finally have Herbert throwing downfield a little bit more. On the Seahawks side, they are a balanced team and they're going against a balanced defense because they're bad at stopping the run, they're bad at stopping the pass. Seahawks should be able to do whatever they want. We know they're going to want to run the ball, but this is a defense that allows big plays on the ground, which is important for Kenneth Walker's skill set, also important for helping speed the game up. If you're going to have running plays, you want big long runs to help get volume into the game. Uh, and even with Geno Smith coming off a down game, still seventh in passing efficiency per play. So two offenses that could be scoring a lot of points. Barry, a couple of weeks ago you called Kenneth Walker a potential league winner. I think he's off to a fiery start to prove you right. you got to be excited about the potential this week. Running back 11 for me made the, uh, made the love list here. Chargers allow 5.8 yards per carry to opposing running backs. That's the most in the NFL, 92%. That's what KW3 got last week, 92% of the Seahawks running back touches in week number six. So it's a good matchup. He's getting massive volume. And to the eye test, like the kid can just absolutely flat out play. So I'm in on KW3. I think you're already starting Walker. uh, I'm sorry, you're starting Metcalf and Lockett. 
How do we feel about Geno Smith, Pat, who last week came back down to earth? Yeah, I think he's a solid, maybe even above a streamer at this point. This is a good matchup for him. Like I mentioned, still very efficient. He's got two elite weapons and an offense that should be kind of like they were against the Lions. You know, they're they're using the run game to help move the chains, hit big plays, and then Geno can work off of that. Even despite the fact that they they faced the Broncos, the Chargers are still top four in the NFL in terms of most touchdown passes allowed. Mm. Think about you know you <laughs> think like hey we got a, we got a freebie against the Broncos to get right and our stat, right and our stats would get better and yet they've still given up eleven touchdown passes this year that is tied for a le- uh, fourth most in the NFL. I'm with you on Geno. I am as a QB one this week. Our last Low-end QB one, but our, still. Yeah, our last fantasy rich matchup here, Pat. You have Falcons at Bengals. Worth, before we move off this game, just very quickly, worth noting. Hey, Keenan Allen. That's like, that's we'll see. I would start Josh Palmer if Keenan Allen is out. Keenan Allen limited in practice so far this week, but they have the bye next week, and they've talked about the fact that maybe they rest Allen until after the bye. That is a storyline to watch. Obviously, fantasy football pregame Sunday morning here on Peacock and CNBC. We'll have all the latest there. Falcons ever a very good streamer this week as well. Falcons Bengals over under set at 47 and a half. The Falcons have developed a total run offense and the Bengals look to get their mojo back through the air last week. So Little different styles of offense. It here. is. It's a very. It's a clash of styles, uh, which makes this fragile. This could be a, a boring kind of slow-paced game because the Falcons play slow. They want to run. They're running like the Bears were to start the season. They're making a play to be the most run-heavy yeah. team in the entire league. But this might not be up to them. They're six and a half point road dogs to the Bengals, and the Bengals showed another gear last week against the Saints. Relative to game script, they passed 21% more than expected. That's the highest by any team in any game this year. You have to go back to the Bills when they beat the Patriots in the playoffs last year to find a higher rate. They also operated exclusively out of the shotgun. Kevin Cole noted this week that the only two snaps that they didn't play in the shotgun were a quarterback sneak and a kneel down. They were exclusively out of the shotgun. This could be a statement game that we just got from the Bengals, indicating that they are going to be leaning into this passing game. If they do, we could get volume on the other side for the Falcons. I think they will still struggle with efficiency, but volume is very, very key for the Falcons. What we need from the Bengals is for Burrow to attack this defense that ranks 31st in pass rush grade, 30th in quick pressure rate, so he should have time to throw. He could have a big game this week. The only Bengal that I think there's a question about starting, you're starting Burrow, you're starting all the wide receivers, right? Obviously, you're starting Mixon. I think it's Hayden Hurst, who I think is a viable tight end streamer in this game. Falcons, bottom three in the NFL in terms of most yards and receptions allowed to opposing tight ends. Uh, they've allowed 40 or more yards to a tight end every game this season. And, of course, there's the hashtag revenge game narrative So that so many people, all the press is talking about. You can't – every headline is all about can't Hurst, miss it. Hurst <laughs> against the Falcons and just all the bad blood that is there, all the trash talk that's He's going on. He's already had on. a revenge game so, against the Ravens. So I will say this, um, Pat, my question for you is – I said this on the radio earlier. I said that uh, the only thing more annoying by the fact that the Falcons refuse to pass is the fact that it's actually sort of working. Right. Right. They, as Jay and I have talked about this, they, that they've covered the spread in six straight, like they're in every game. Um, and so it's sort of annoying. And as a result, because of that low passing volume, Drake London made my hate list this week. Am I right? Because, as you say, they might be forced into a pass-heavy script. Where I, are you on Drake I, London? Games. Where are you on Drake London? <laughs> I am willing to get hurt. On Drake London, I would be starting him. He ran a route on 100% of dropbacks last week. He is the clear-cut number one. He's seeing a target share that's elite, not just for a rookie, but for a wide receiver just overall. He's a clear number one option there. I agree with you in your love-hate 
that this is not a good matchup for London, but I think volume over efficiency in this case. Now, the volume is no guarantee, but we could get volume. We could finally have someone push the Falcons to a more pass-heavy script, which would be really strong for such a, a, a target hog like Just outside my – I am at 31 this week, just outside my top 30, four straight games, 155 yards. Like, uh, Mariota has completed under 15 passes in four straight here. Bengals have allowed two. Count them two touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this entire year. So, um, uh, yes, if you are, you are banking on talent. Uh, yes. if, if you're starting yes. Drake London this week, you're, you're either desperate or hopeful. <laughs> Let's look at the other by side. By the way, which was, you know, single Matthew Berry, by the way. That was, that was sort of kind of my motto. What a time. College. Yeah. What a time to be alive yeah, exactly. back then. Exactly. Man, sorry, <laughs> I missed and it. Hopeful. Crazy. There you go. The Matthew Berry story. <laughs> All right, let's get into the other side of the landscape, the fantasy portal. Yeah. Matchups. These are the games that are a wasteland or projecting them to be uh, pretty rough <laughs> sledding here. Jets at Broncos. Broncos favored by a point and a half. This game is trended towards a pick Over under 38. Mm. 38. You don't yeah. see a lot of those across the NFL landscape. Right. And now no Elijah Moore. And now no Elijah Moore. And, <laughs> yeah, right. and Russell Wilson has a new injury. Right. Second straight week, Elijah Moore will get zero targets. Um, and Russell Wilson, of course, has a new, another injury. I can only I wish Jay were here so he could give us the betting line on what injury Russell Wilson will have after they lose the Jets. What's the new injury that will come up? What's the new excuse um, that will happen there? Pat, where are you on uh, Broncos Jets? I mean, you guys have seen the Broncos play, so yes, I don't need out to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to go too deep there. Zach Wilson, I think, is is another reason to be concerned here. Last week, the only quarterback less efficient than Zach Wilson, Philip Walker. So they are hiding Zach Wilson, and for good reason. He has not played well. I think we're looking at like a game where not first to twenty bombs, points. All right, keep going. <laughs> first to twenty points could right? could do yeah. it here, uh, and and I think. When you look at Russell Wilson's injury, the other thing is we're going to see more rushing attempts. Even if we get Wilson in this game, they're not going to be leaning on him. We could get Brett Ripien. in. The Broncos are running the ball about as efficiently as the Panthers are passing the ball. So if we, And I think there's no way to avoid more rushing attempts in this game, given the quarterback injury. It's just going to be kind of a slog. I, to me, the only Bronco you're starting is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Like You may have to throw a dart at one of the running backs just because you're so desperate here, but... After Melvin Gordon played almost no snaps and Latavius Murray looked fairly effective last week against the Chargers, Nathaniel Hackett comes out and says Melvin Gordon's going to start. We know Mike Boone has – I guess if I had to pick a Broncos running back, I might say Mike Boone because at least his role is – Because he won't the, get benched. Right, yeah. He's the third Right, he's the third down back. Like, it feels like Gordon or uh, Murray will be the early down back, and you might see a switch mid-game, but at least Boone's third down role should be fairly safe. But feels like – against a tough Jets run defense. Here it's kind of a three-headed monster. It, ideally, this is just a one of them will score. I just don't know who it is. Cortland Sutton and Brees Hall are really the only guys I think you can trust in this game. Another gross fantasy matchup, Packers at your commanders. Packers favored by four and a half points. This over-under is at 41 and a half, so we got out of the 30s range. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, but, Pat, obviously just not a I'm lot I'm going to take the like over, by this. the way. I'm taking the over on 41 because I, I, I don't think people understand how bad my commander's defense is. So this, you think Green, this is a get-right uh, game for Green Bay? Uh, probably, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Look, Washington, the only thing Washington can defend is itself in lawsuits <laughs> at the moment. Oh, That's right. I'm getting them all yeah, out Yeah, you're today. good on God bless. You're... All right. All right. I Pat, do think, yeah, Green Bay offense needs to get back on track. They have problems in the offensive line, problems at wide receiver. Is there any hope in this one that they can? They, you could have some efficiency to Matthew's point about their, you know, not being a, a very good defense here that they're going up against, but they play so slow that I don't know how much scoring we're going to get. They rank 28th in situation neutral pace. The commanders are dead last. The 
the Packers have also been run first this year. They're calling plays similarly to the Jets this season. Being run first and slow is going to drain volume out of this game. I think that's what we're going to get on the commander's side as well. Over the last eight games last year with Taylor Heineke quarterback, they ranked 25th in pass rate over expected. They were a very run-heavy team. They're similar to like where the, the 49ers and the Titans are this year. Heineke is in a total disaster, but he loves throwing deep, and he's bad at it. So that's going to lead to some inefficient offense. Just overall, I think you got inefficient, slow offense on the commander side, maybe some efficiency on the Packers side, but definitely slow run first, just not a lot of play volume. Yeah, I mean, so – I think there's some viable starters in this game. Like, I think both Packers running backs are viable as RB2s in this one. Maybe Dylan Moore is a flex here, but to your point, I think they're going to go run heavy, and I think they'll be I think they'll be okay here. I think Lazard is a viable wide receiver three. He scored in four of the last five games. I think he's got as good a shot at scoring a touchdown as anyone on the Packers' side of the ball. And then over for uh, the Commanders, look, I think you're still starting Terry McLaurin as a wide receiver three here. There is a connection between him, him and Heineke dating back to last year. And how about my won't-be-but-should-be comeback player of the year, Brian Robinson, who has 72% of the commander's running back carries in the two games since he returned. Packers do allow the fifth most yards per carry to opposing running backs. You can run on Green Bay. I think Robinson has clearly taken over that backfield and has a good shot at getting into the end zone. So Robinson, for me, is a high-end flex this week. You can really run on on Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. For a full breakdown of more fantasy-rich games, check out Pack Rain's article, The Walkthrough, which drops every Friday during the season on NBCSportsEdge.com. And Pat. follow him on the Twitter, at Pat Corain. Simple as that. A-E-R-A-N-E. Last call, coming right up. Be sure to check out our new Sunday show, Fantasy Football Pregame at 11 a.m. live. On Peacock. It's a one stop shop for your NFL fantasy and betting needs. Get your sit start questions answered using the hashtag FF pregame. Last call, fellas. All right, last call. Let's go check it out. Second hour on CNBC on Sunday mornings as well. I know you watch uh, religious. I always, I never. Yeah, sure, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. Uh, while I'm on Jets pregame, I have it on my phone under <laughs> as the well desk. As you should. Weekend winners here. All right, <laughs> last week. Jay had Sauce Gardner. Yeah, Great call. Win. Played a huge yeah. part in Green Bay's yeah. win. Barry had Me Kenneth. and my Jets appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Barry's Jets. Yes. And Barry had Kenneth Walker. Great week. I had Taysom Hill. The only week it felt like he didn't score a rushing <laughs> touchdown. Right, exactly. So I'm the ultimate fade right now yeah. on weekend winners. Jay, who are you starting? Uh, who are you going with for this week's weekend winner? Taking Travis Etienne. Bad rush defense, like Matthew said, against New York. Three-point favorites. Etienne separating himself in that backfield. Uh, I think he'll finish as a top-10 running back this weekend. Barry, who are you going with? How about Chris McCaffrey's a weekend winner just because he got the hell out of Carolina? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there you go. But by the way, welcome back to Andre Swift. No one's talking about him, but one of the best running backs in the NFL behind one of the best offensive lines. I get that it's Dallas. I don't care. DeAndre Swift right back into my lineup. My weekend winner, Justin Herbert. Might seem like the obvious, but the last three or four weeks have not been great oh, in fantasy land for Justin Herbert. You drafted him as a top five quarterback this week. I think he finishes as a top three quarterback. So a get right week. For Justin Herbert, and boy, does he need it. Yeah, he certainly does. All right, listen, good luck in week number seven. We'll see you on Sunday morning for Fantasy Film Pregame. For Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Berry. You can't stay here, but you got to get the hell home. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big. 